successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get out of Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. I appreciate you joining me today at 980 AM. And if you're listening on the Internet at GrillNationShow.com or on iTunes via podcast. I appreciate you joining us today. As always, it's a great to have you back for another show. It's been a uh, great year so far. I'm excited to uh, continue on today with another great show of Grill Nation. Before we get to our guests today, I want to thank our title sponsors of the show. They are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Companies, and Ryan Rink. Contributors to the show are The Rieger and Jay Rieger & Co. Ryan Maybe is a guest host and on-air contributor. The Kansas City Area Development Council, KCADC, Tim Cowden, and Brian Sarf with True Wealth and Company as a guest host and honor contributor to the Grill Nation show. On today's show, one of our uh, great title sponsors, Trust, uh, their website is trustadvantage.com. Uh, connect me with the guest who I'm very excited to talk to today. He has uh, quite a history, uh, both in a um, professional level and a uh, a, a learning level, if you will, as far as his colleges and whatnot. He's been around Kansas City for quite a while, and he is uh, also an author, and I'm really excited to talk to him about his book. I think we're going to have a lot of fun here today here on Grill Nation. I have on Jeff Hutzel, who's a facilitator, mentor, and coach of CEOs and business owners who want to take their business to the next level, and the author of I Really Meant to Tell You, Finding the Courage for Kindness. You can find that on Amazon.com. Welcome to the show, Jeff. How are you today? I'm just great. Thanks for having me, Jason. Great to have you. Um, off air, you've already uh, we've already broken down how I can become a uh, a better uh, <laughs> business person, and can, you've done a really good job breaking me down already. But for our listeners who don't know you, I know you've been around Kansas City for a while. Um, talk to us about kind of your journey. I know that you uh, started off at Shawnee Mission South and actually attended KU. Yeah, I went to uh, South, went to KU, and. Uh Based on the great career planning back in the 70s, my dad said, you should be a dentist. They don't work very hard. They play golf and they make good money. That was the total sum of my career planning. So nice. I took classes that got me into the UMKC Dental School, went down in the summer for orientation mm-hmm. and quit after the first day because I realized I have no manual dexterity, <laughs> which is kind of an important part about being a dentist. Quit no, after the first day, huh? First day, yeah. So wow. I kind of came back and said, all right, now what do I do? Fortunately, back then, there was a thing in the 70s at KU called the Bachelor of General Studies. I've heard about that. Right? So it's like, if you can just throw together 120 hours of something, you can get a degree. That was good enough for me. So finish that up. and uh, You went to Harvard. Well, so general first, studies bring you to Harvard, huh? Yeah, it's an interesting journey there. But first, it got me to Hallmark, which is great. Yeah. Because uh, that's where I really wanted to go. Uh, because, again, they had a thing called product management, which sounds like a business term. It's that thing that really best describes me, a uh, master of all trades, 
master of no trades, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not deep in anything, but utility you know player, a little bit of everything. Right? Yeah. So that was a real opportunity to learn how to lead mm-hmm. because if you're a product manager at Hallmark, let's say you've got the assignment of the guru of jigsaw puzzles. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is a career called that. Wow. Under the division called leisure and decorative. <laughs> Picture the business card. Okay. Yeah. So that's quite impressive, but I mean, that's basically what you do, but you're learning to be leaders because at that point in time, you don't have artists, you don't have manufacturers, you don't have, you have to go persuade others to work on your projects mm-hmm. and you get it sold by management, whatever. So that was really interesting to me. Probably but, an interesting place to be in the seventies and eighties. Well, it well. was, it was, it was, um, massively, you know, high employee, a lot of people there, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of like a university in many ways. Was it? Yeah. Cause, uh, people were still, a lot of young people there, so many people you couldn't possibly know everybody, a lot of layers. I know it's a smaller, tighter company now, but in the seventies it was booming and going on all levels. I know a man who I've worked with, Steve Doyle is his name. He yeah. was at Hallmark for a long Forever. time. Forever. Yep. He's uh he's a neighbor now, but a great guy and yep. talked to him a lot about that that journey at Hallmark as well. So you uh you did that, uh went went away for a while and got your uh, your MBA, right? Correct. At Harvard. And yep. then you you worked in a lot of different different industries. Uh, in kind of a sweet, sweet or, uh, founder levels, correct? Well, actually I came back to Hallmark, okay. uh, after going away all the way to Boston, all the way to Harvard saying, well, I'll never come back to Kansas City. I'll never do that again. Here I was back here and it was wonderful. Did that for a few more years. And then I continued to spend the rest of my career. As I say, I, I developed and sold products that nobody needed, but everybody wanted. <laughs> Give uh, us some examples. Think Christmas ornaments. Okay. okay. Like who okay. really needs a Christmas ornament, right? But it's true. There's a company called Inesco where I spent the bulk of my career, a competitor of Hallmark. A lot of you probably don't know. Hallmark does not own very many stores, just a couple. Uh, they are owned by individual people, and half of their store is Hallmark stuff. The other half is what's called allied merchandise, which is a euphemism for competitive merchandise. And the biggest one of those was Inesco because they had all the statues, figurines, Christmas ornaments, whatnot, mm-hmm. particularly a line called Precious Moments mm-hmm. that many people will I've recognize their parents or grandparents had yes. as their lifelong investment portfolio. That didn't quite work <laughs> out, but that was the plan back in the 70s. So I ended up uh, I ended up going there, spending a great deal of time there. Was that in Kansas City? or That was in Chicago. Okay, so you were so in I, Chicago for 15 years. I briefly stepped out for a 15- to 20-year career, raised a family there. That's a big step. I mean, 20 years in the city is a big deal. Great place to raise a family. So we were up in the North Shore, and it's it's like Johnson County around here or whatever. And in the North Shore, that is where the the Bulls practice facility is. Mm -hmm. That's where the practice facility for the Bears are, and this was the Mm mid-'80s. So we were were trick-or-treating at Michael Jordan's house. Oh, my gosh. Right? This is Every kid's dream. Oh, yeah. So we were there at the right time. Good for you. That's a great great story there. Jeff Hutzel is with us today. Uh, he's uh, going through his journey here. You uh, you became a mentor at UMKC Block School of Management. Tell us about that. Well, it's when, a good program there. Yeah, after well, after UNESCO, um, I ended up starting my own company. Something that a lot of executives, uh, your lifelong ambition is to be a CEO of a publicly traded company, fifteen hundred employees, big company. Wanted to do that. Um, after that, you're kind of like, that's exhausting. Yeah, right. Is there something else I can do? And I always thought I could start my own thing. We all do. Mm-hmm. If you're an exec, you know, it's like, well, I could do this, you know. Yeah. And did. Started a uh, line called Levels of Discovery when we're still in Chicago. 
and that was a children's furniture company, high-end children's furniture company. Think $200 rocking chair for a princess. Got it. Think grandparent bait, right? It's it's the perfect kind of product for them. So you did that. You were an entrepreneur for a long entrep- I went from CEO to... So you had your stability, though. So that's the thing. You had your stable career. I kind of figured out stuff, like you, how you, to do you had, stuff. You, you had a, a nest egg, probably, at that point. Yep. You had a family, yep. but you took that leap. Took the leap, and uh, it was it was mostly a fun leap because it was like, let's see if I can do this, yeah. right? Yeah. Could I really do this? And my goal, uh, I loved having executive positions and a lot of employees, but after I think my last gig was 1,500 employees, I decided my new gig would be zero. Mm-hmm. And I created a virtual company. You know, So it's just me. And people that I knew were independent contractors for selling it, making it, warehousing it. None of them were mine. I didn't want to own employees anymore. That's where we agree. I, yeah. I'm going to get into that after it's the break. It's very fun. Jeff Hutzel is with us today. He's the author of an awesome new book. I really meant to tell you, Finding the Courage for Kindness, which we're going to talk about on the show today, but I want to break down some more entrepreneurial business advice uh, from Jeff here after the break. You're listening to The Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. You can connect with me on Twitter, at Jason Grill, and at Grill Nation Show, and always on GrillNationShow.com. Thanks for joining us today on 980 AM. Welcome back to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. I appreciate you joining us again today on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast and at grillnationshow.com. Jeff Hutzel is our guest today. Uh, great entrepreneur, business coach, author. He does it all. He's, uh, I'm shocked I've never met you before, Jeff. I'm excited to have you on the show today. Thanks to our mutual friend, Steve Nicholson, who's the CEO of Trust, and he's um, a, a title sponsor of the show, his company, Trust. Check it out at trustadvantage.com. You're just talking about how you, uh, before we get into your book, uh, you were talking about how you decided to start your own company and you didn't really want to manage a bunch of, uh, employees and worry about their issues. It was all you. Yep. Tell us about that decision. And you know, had independent contractors, but you know, you decided to take the leap of faith and, sure. and start your own business after a long career in the pretty high level corporate world. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of people find themselves not working in a high-level corporate position anymore, either voluntarily or they're given the opportunity to leave and things like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so part of my advice where I landed was very quickly after leaving whatever big gig you had, um, you should be doing about six things mm-hmm. because let's follow the fail fast, fail often. Let's get the six of them down. Let's not sit there and try to figure out what's the perfect thing for me to do. So I'm like, okay, should I – Work for maybe a smaller company, less stressful, be a CEO there, maybe take an equity position. Mm-hmm. Let's work on that. Yeah. Start networking on that. How about consulting? That's pretty good. Sounds like you don't That's kind of what I do. Yeah, you don't get much. <laughs> People send you checks, and it's like you don't really have responsibility for anything. So I had this list of six or seven things. Yeah. One of them was you know, start my own company. Mm-hmm. Um, and having never started my own company, fortunately, I sometimes worry that when we teach entrepreneurs how to do stuff now, there's a lot of conversation about capital mm-hmm. uh, and getting money and doing all this. It's like, yes, I had a little bit of a nest egg, but I'm also cheap. You know, I started Levels of Discovery, which became about a three to four million dollar annual lifestyle business uh, on fifty grand. 
And that's really that that's not something you need to go out and do a capital raise to go get fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. That's people's four hundred one K they can tap into. I mean there's ways to Friends do it. Friends and family. Yeah, Angel I want to not maybe. get carried away with that. Yeah. Because the first thing they do with that money is look for an office. I'm like, stop it. You have a basement. You know, mm-hmm. quit looking for furniture. We don't need Aeron chairs. We don't need seven employees. You don't need just sell something. Mm-hmm. Make something and sell something. Mm-hmm. The reason that one kind of rose to the occasion is I guess I've been a product person all my life, so it's not surprising I did better at that than I did at consulting or job hunting or any of those other things. Mm-hmm. And it felt very comfortable because I made the decision, I'm only going to work with people that I know or that they know, and that's it. If it's one level beyond that, so it's the two-level, nowadays you call it two-level in LinkedIn, mm-hmm. I would never work beyond that because what's the point? Okay. You can find enough talent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I did in the – I think my as I look back and I advise other people, I'm saying get a gig where you can make money while you sleep. Mm-hmm. Recurring inter- revenue. The internet was selling rocking chairs while I was snoozing. Right. You know, and that's, you caught it at a good time. You, you did this to 2002 to 2013, so not yep. not too long ago. Not when, too long ago. You, uh, not too long. So you uh, you exited that, or what happened there? Well, I you went sold it, or you we came back to Kansas City. Yeah, why'd you do that? Um, two of my three kids went to University of Kansas. Okay. okay. General studies like you? <laughs> <laughs> no, they were qualified qualified students that actually did a good job. Um, but interestingly, there is this Chicago, I don't know if you're aware of it, the Chicago-Lawrence connection. Yeah. yeah a lot is. of our people go to Northwestern, and a lot of people there come here. I don't know how that started, but it. Yeah. so they took that route. And one of them ended up staying here, and another one it's like, well, why, why are we there? All our friends, all our family. Because you know how Kansas City is. Your sure. friends are friends forever here. Right? Yeah, yeah. And in Chicago, my only identity was Sarah Hutzel's husband. Mm-hmm. Because I worked 90 hours a week, traveled 300 days a year. It's like, I, in my town, I was nobody. Mm-hmm. I was her husband, you know. Now, you didn't grow up there. I had no connection there no, except the no, wife. Right. But so, you got her to come here, though. She's from here. But she was there and she, okay. she committed herself to the town okay. and was available. Right. I was mm-hmm. not there. I was that guy who next to her in the pew at church so you had that talk you came back here and let's say let's come back here let's do this were and you still having did you still have the business still had the business um but given that it was a lifestyle business and that i'm a workaholic mm-hmm. a lot of the networking stuff that i did in chicago boards and whatnot wasn't here mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and all my guys that i wanted to just go hang out with they're still working it's like damn yeah. there's nobody to play with yeah, you know? right. <laughs> so i need so i need to do something yeah and i remember distinctly flipping through the wall street journal this may not even be true. Here's my brain. Sure, thought. sure. Flip a page. There's a big full page ad, and it said, "Would you like to be a leader of leaders?" Well, if you know me, that would be like not only yes, hell yes. Yes, that's who I am. Yeah, leaders of the world need to know me, right? Mm-hmm. And it was this thing called vistage. I'd never heard the word. Didn't know what it meant. So I, I re- still don't know what it means. That's right. why I'm glad to have you on the show. So I reached out to them, and it's a company in San Diego. Um, it's a private equity firm, and it's a uh, kind of like people have heard more of a company called YPO, Young Presidents sure, Organization. Sure, sure. And Friends that have worked over the years. Yeah. And this one is um, basically started about 50 years ago by some guy that would go to the coffee shop, you know, with four of his buddies at work and just kick stuff around mm-hmm. and say, this is cool. You speak my language. Because the truth is CEOs sitting in a room talking to each other or business owners and CEOs talking to each other. It's a different conversation than with anybody else you have. Oh yeah, you know, you, I don't talk to my high school friends or grade school buddies about no. starting companies. Like it's just no, weird. It's, right. But you know, it's you just don't do it. Yep. Maybe you do once in a while over a few beers, but it's not what your conversations are about. They're about the Chiefs game or uh, what'd you do right. this weekend? How's your family? Yep. 
uh, when you talk to other people that have owned a business or who are in your industry, obviously, right. you're going to talk more about that. But here's what uh, I think the brilliance of their model, and, and there's like, believe it or not, it's completely unknown, but there's 23,000 business owners in America that mm-hmm. pay $15,000 a year to be a part of this. Wow. It's extraordinary to me. But I got. We might have done that in the sock company now that I'm thinking about it to meet more people. Might have helped. You got it. Might have but what happens is you get 15 to 20 people in a room. It, you, you have a chair. That's what I am. And I'm an independent contractor, so I'm that guy I always wanted to be. We all had an independent contractor in big companies. Mm-hmm. We just They drove us crazy. They didn't follow our rules. They didn't follow our procedures. They didn't fill out our forms. Mm-hmm. But they made a whole lot of sales. So I'm like, I'm that guy. Yeah. It's so fun to be that guy, right? So you do that. Yeah. So I go out and build these groups. There's mm-hmm. four of them in Kansas City. 15 to 20 people and uh, probably the, the average five to seven years there. So it's something people join for a long time. And the model is real simple. Once a month, well, everybody in the room is runs a business and there's not a competitor in the room. There's not a big customer in the room. So none of Steve Nicholson's big clients mm-hmm. would be in the room because that's weird. You know I mean, the, yeah, right, the whole yeah, purpose is break it down. It's Las Vegas, mm-hmm. right? Whatever happens in here, whatever's said in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, Ultimately, the number one thing people say when they walk out of it, they go, I said, so what th- would you think of your first Vistage meeting? And they're like, I'm so glad to know I'm not the only idiot in the world. Sure, right. I thought all I, the problems. I thought only me was facing the problems of I can't hire the right people. I can't fire this person for the life of me. I can't get a customer. I can't. Mm-hmm. Everybody has the same problems. So imagine how fulfilling that is mm-hmm. you know, to sit in a room and go, okay, I'm talking about this stuff. And it's kind of old school, right? Now with the internet and everything and, you know, and people still pay to do it, huh? Well, it's extraordinary. Vistage corporate number one concern is, oh, what are the, what's going to happen with the millennials and all sure. the rest of it? So It's like I, LegalZoom and yeah. all these things, you know, I don't need a lawyer. I don't need a this. I don't need a that. So Why do I need to pay money to meet people when yeah. I can just reach out to them on LinkedIn? Exactly. And I, and I would challenge you because happy to do it, just uh, reach out to somebody like Chase McAnulty of uh, Charlie Hustle and say, so you and this Vistage thing, what do you think? Yeah. It's the exact opposite of what you would expect them to say. He's like, that's their brain trust. These people are smart, right? Mm-hmm. And they like the personal touch. Funny story. I actually met him years ago. I uh, had an office space in the crossroads, yeah. and uh, he did not have an office yet. And we got to talk and introduce him to the landlord, and now he owns a building, I think. Yeah. So we 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 work we actually spent royal tickets together one year. Nice. So we, we kind of started our companies at the same time, SOC 101 and uh Charles Hessel started at the same yep. time, so it's a good dude. I'm, I'm happy for his success. Yeah, it's Pretty very awesome. good because you were, you were talking about you know people that are in midlife or whatever and say, what should I do? Should I go get a degree? Should I go do this? Yeah. I'd say, I wish I could say it when I'm not a Vistage chair because it sounds like I'm selling it, but if I were to tell my son, I would say, do something like this because you get the education, you know, but you get more than the education. Mm-hmm. You're walking out with a local network. You're walking out with real people that are telling you real stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't have to take any of their advice. We're not a board of directors. <laughs> but if 15 people say, fire that son of a gun, yeah, you're probably more likely to do it because you got to face them all next week when we say, so how'd it go? Right. Well. So you so you got into this as the, as the group chair. You kind of run all the operations here in Kansas City. Right. Well, yeah. there's several of us. I just run my own groups, period. That's cool. So That's it's awesome. Cool. I don't have any concerns about the nation or any of that. I'm just caring for those 65 people. That's awesome. Uh, Jeff Hutzel is our guest today on the Grill Nation show. Um, you also uh, mentor at UMKC. Yep. Is that correct? 
Yeah, the mentoring at UMKC is something I had never done anything like this before. It is really fulfilling, and it is so extraordinarily different. Um, you sit in a room as mentors, and they have people that sign up for the program. That mentorship program is not talking about becoming an entrepreneur. These people have to have an idea mm-hmm. in order to be accepted by the program. So it's a whole different – it's not like, what should I be when I grow up? You know, no, it's like I have a cotton ball dispenser that works in cars at 80 miles an hour. Yeah. It's very specific. And it is so fun to talk to the folks. I'm talking to folks at high levels that have fifty, hundred million dollar companies. They have a certain thing they want to talk about. Yeah. These folks are like when you say, well, what's the market potential? And they talk about how many blocks in Kansas City they can cover. And I'm like, you need a bigger view. Right. Yeah, right. Just because you happen to be in Kansas, your marketplace is the whole world. So mm-hmm. it's it's giving them the opportunity to think big, to be big, and Love know it. how to do it. That's and awesome. they all want to go execute. Mm-hmm. We're a bunch of fuddy duddy old people that say what we have seen in life: don't execute. Figure out who's on your team, and build your agreement for how you're going to operate with each other. Spend the time doing that now because nobody's mad when you try to write that later. Mm-hmm somebody's mad. Yeah, right. It never works out, and that's what downfalls most of the businesses. Jeff Hutzel is our guest. We're going to talk about your book here after the break. I'm excited to hear about this. Uh, Also talk more about business advice and entrepreneurship. You're listening to The Girl Nation Show. Thanks for joining us today. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Don't give up. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm your host, Jason Grill, 980 AM, and also on iTunes and podcasts if you're listening via the podcast way or at grillnationshow.com. I'm talking to Jeff Hutzel, who is with Vistage International, the world's leading chief executive organization. He's a mentor and coach for fellow CEOs, presidents, and business owners who want to outperform their competition. Their goal is simple, is to create a group of individuals committed to creating extraordinary results for themselves and one another. He's also the author of a new book, I Really Meant to Tell You, Finding the Courage for Kindness. And uh, he's here with us today on the Grill Nation show. You can find his book on Amazon.com. Jeff, welcome back to the show. How are you? Great, Jason. How are you? It's great to have you, man. I'm glad we connected. I know we probably have hundreds of uh, mutual <laughs> friends here. Uh, but man, tell me about this book now. Uh, I want to read just a little, little passage from the overview here. If you, if yep. you don't mind, have you ever regretted not telling someone you love them? Have you ever lost a friendship over something that could have been fixed by the right words? Has your best employee walked out the door without you ever telling them how much they meant to you? Do you still recall that wonderful thing someone said to you so many years ago? If so, then you know that words matters. That's kind of the, the general gist of this book. I mean, tell us about this. Like, why write a book, and, and, and how the heck did this all happen? And it's just such a good topic, I feel like, too. You know, yeah. we don't hear about these kinds of things. No, and the funny thing is that everybody that knows me, when they say what kind given the conversation we just had, right, mm-hmm. for them to say, wait, what? Your book's about, I really meant to tell you, lovey-dovey kind of, what? what? Yeah. You're this business dude. You always have that thought, right, though? Everyone has this thought. Like, Everybody has that thought. Should I, should I say something? Should I do something? Should I, yep. should I, should I hold back? You know, you're always, sometimes it makes a lot of sense. I, the opposite of what you're saying in this book is like, hey, just 
Don't do something like in life. Like don't do like if someone says to you, "Hey, I want a reporter calls and says, "Hey, I want you to talk about a former political opponent of yours or do this or that." Sometimes it's best to say, "No, thank you." Yep. Right? It's yep. good to pass on meetings sometimes. Yep. Sometimes it's good to tell people how you really feel. Well, I think where where I put a slightly different spin on it, well, it came from the fact that I I sat in I do one-to-one confidential meetings with all of my CEOs and I can't tell you the number of times um, I hear about lost spouses, lost employees, lost this. And uh, let's take the lost employees, for example. That's what the book was going to be about. It's tell, tell them they matter, something like that. Mm-hmm. Because they would say, if, think about this. So, yeah, I'm kind of bummed today. What happened? Well, Jim left. And I go, wait, what? Jim, the guy that you have been bringing up for 10 years, who's going to take over your company, mm-hmm. who is going to do this, is yeah, yeah. But I can't really be good. I mean, you got a really great offer, and it's a good company, and you know, I kind of wish him well. And I just call bull. <laughs> I'm like, that is that is exactly what you're trying to avoid in saying, oh, yeah. that, you had to be shocked when this happened. You didn't expect it. Yeah. And I said, I wonder if I had him sitting in front of me here today, would he know how much he meant to you? Well, I paid him the most. Then that wasn't my question. Mm-hmm. He has the biggest office. He's got the car allowance. I let him in on my country club, you know, whatever all that stuff is. I'm mm-hmm. saying, but does he really know? Have you ever said it to him? Yeah. Have you ever said half the reason I come into work every day is I want to see your mug and I like talking with you and bouncing stuff off you because you are actually smarter than me. You may work for me. I learn from you every day. Mm-hmm. If those words were said, would maybe that have made a difference? Mm-hmm. And they all kind of say, well, I really meant to tell you something like that. So mm-hmm. I took that to my family, my daughter, Jennifer, uh, is my real counselor on stuff like this. And she says, uh, that's not just business, Dad. You're being a business dude again. Mm-hmm. That's everybody. And then, you know, because she's the millennial sure. you know, school teacher or mother. And she's like, no, you just. So we expanded it out to that. And so it said, covers life, professional, and uh, family, and, and love, and, and, and work. Right. Which, by the way, mirrors my job. Everybody has an image of what I've just said about what these CEOs talk about in a room. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, CEOs walk in the room and human beings show up. That's great. We are talking about stuff that have nothing to do with business, but everything to do with the person. Mm-hmm. If we all have to be leaders, right? Where's the one place? Do you have people you can talk to about this kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest complaints in business, there's like two or three themes that run through here. You hear it all the time. Nobody communicates with me. Our company communicates terrible. Every score comes in, more communication, more communication. Mm-hmm. and the leaders all kind of say, well, darn it, we'll just communicate more in different ways, more media, more this, more that, intranet. Inter-. And I believe this is 40 years of business. I'm not saying it's true. I'm saying I'm holding it as a true belief for me. Mm-hmm. There's only two forms of communication any human being ever wants from another human being. One, how am I doing with you, and what's that mean for me? Okay. And on first blush, that sounds selfish and rude, but at the end of the day, it's like, no, if it's a child with a parent, you know, right now they're looking at you for, dad, dad, watch me, watch me, watch me. It's like, mm-hmm. I want him to recognize me. Mm-hmm. And if dad doesn't recognize me, the kid is wondering, it's like, if I don't know how I'm doing with you right now in this interview, yeah. if you were looking out the window, I'm, I'm, as you I'm, are, I'm looking at, I'm right? looking all over the place. I haven't looked into your eyes, white of the eyes for a long time right. here, Jeff. No, I'm kidding. But if yeah, you see that, that moment, yeah. If you see that happening, um, then you, you're starting to wonder, how am I doing here? And what's that mean for me? If I'm in an interview, does it mean I'm going to get the job? If I'm having a performance review, does it mean I'm going to get a raise? 
if I've been called into the boss's office, if I'm having that date where she says it's not you, it's me. You know, when, mm-hmm. when those are going on, you're you're thinking all the time. I don't know where I stand right now, right? Or it ain't good, and I'm gonna something's gonna happen to me. Well, we've had those conversations, yeah, that is, with everybody it, and everything. Yeah. And it's like when you said, "I don't them. know where I stand," we've all heard that many times. Yeah, and the feeling that and we I have, feel like it's it's it happens more. Maybe not. Maybe you'll totally discredit. But in relationships, this happens more than in the workplace. Maybe I'm crazy. Like nobody at work. You know, you just want to make sure everything's smooth. At least I did. I, you don't want any controversies. You want you don't want any. Um, you you want to make sure everything moves smoothly. Whereas in a relationship, sometimes there's more conversations about what's going on, what are we doing, right? But and I'll label that politics, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. Use your terms. Yep. yep. Not only real politics, but in business politics. Mm-hmm. What do people want to know? Yeah. Where do I stand with you, and what's that mean? If you're whip, if you're whipping votes. Yeah. Where do I stand right now with you and where am I going? And they usually, to get they usually can lie to your face. Right. <laughs> can you get to the truth? Can you tell them how you feel? That sort of thing. So you wrote the book. You did it. And it happened because, I, I'm going to say this because of my Vistage colleagues, I make them make five commitments every year. I'm going to do something. I don't care what they are. Mm-hmm. But they're not goals. It's not like we're going to make a sales forecast or we're going to do this. It's like I'm finally going to you know, work out three days a week with a real trainer. Mm-hmm. Something that they can really say they did. Sure. I had written a book on mine. And one of my members, uh, I remember his name was Chad Zimmerman, and we were sitting down in the Ozarks at a retreat, and we were kind of going over, because I, I did it, I participated as well. And he says, so so this book thing, Hutzel, I've been here three years. It's still on here. What's up with that? Mm-hmm. You know, why, why aren't you getting the book done? Mm-hmm. And then I would launch into all the reasons, you know, logical reasons. It's a hard thing to do. It's all just, Writing a book is not easy. It's starting. Yeah. You know, what? how's it different than anything else? It's so, time. It's a time commitment, just right. like anything else. Well, you'll love this answer because my best excuse was, well, I'm learning so much every single day. I'm going to wait until I've got enough information that I can put in a book. <laughs> you know, and you know what he said that just stopped that conversation? Then just write your first book. That's like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, oh. Because I thought if you got to do one opus, you know, you can wait forever to do that. Oh, right. It's never so it's perfect. Like, just do your first one. Just do it. And just so get something like, oh, Okay, so there we go. Now it's on the list, and everybody's saying, how's it going? How's it going? And I actually made, uh, last October, I went to the group and said, okay, I do. So there's 65 CEOs that each get an hour and a half one-to-one session a week in Kansas City. Imagine 30-minute drive time. That's a lot of hours, right? Mm-hmm. And then all-day meetings for four groups, that's a lot of hours. There aren't many hours in the day to do this. And I said, if you guys will give me October, I'll give you a book. Mm-hmm. Now, that's really sticking your neck out because mm-hmm. I had never come close to writing a book. Like a 15-page term paper the night before is probably the best I'd ever done. Yeah, right. So they said, absolutely. Because to them, truly, they're giving up an hour and a half. You know, I'm giving up 65 meetings of two hours duration. I'm like, this is, I ought to be able to get this done. Mm-hmm. So, so you completed it, was, it. They, they gave it to me and that made me feel very accountable. Didn't it? Mm-hmm. I can't go back in November and say, well, never really got started. Yeah. Right. You got it started. The book is called, I really meant to tell you finding the courage for kindness. Uh, check it out on Amazon. You got a lot of positive reviews on there. Um, we got about a minute and a half left in this segment, Jeff kind of break down again, kind of the key tenets of this book that people should, if, if people are listening, that they take away from it. I think the key tenets is it's surprising to me how worried 
frightened, concerned we are about having a conversation about how much you really mean to me. Because we've been taught that every conversation needs to be balanced. You're the best employee I ever met, but. And then we go on to the review to say how you need to improve. Mm -hmm. Or I'm afraid if I tell my employee how awesome they are, they can just ask me for a raise or the cynicism side. Or I'm going to say it wrong and it's going to be rejected. And all I say is this. Do you think that when you go to hug a puppy or a little baby? Why, why can we do that then? I'm only asking you to say what's awesome. If you don't have anything, if, if I don't like you that much, that's okay because those two relationships really don't matter. If it really matters, don't be balanced and don't worry. It's not about you. It's about them. Say what you believe they need to hear from you mm-hmm. to help them. If your motive's right, it'll be received right. And if it isn't, you're you're off the hook. You did what you needed to do. You said what you had to say. It's off your chest. You're done. Interesting. I like that. I'm going to have to tell you, you know, you've given me the book. Yep. I've read some of it. I've got to complete it, though. Now, am I ever going to be able to listen to this in my uh, headsets, or is it just hard copies? We are going to be able to do an audio book. Okay, good. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'll I, listen to it while I'm running. But, there you go. But I will motivate this, me. The only thing I want everybody to do, if you read the book or any part of the book, your commitment to me is you will go tell somebody one thing. There you go. One person, one message. Jeff Hutzel is with us. Uh, After the break, we're going to finish the show with uh, some good entrepreneurial and business advice. I want to make sure we get that for our listeners too today. I hope you've been enjoying the Grill Nation show. Thanks for joining us today on 980 AM. Welcome back to the Grill Nation Show, 980 AM KMBZ, and as well on as on iTunes today and the podcast. We also are available online at grillnationshow.com, where I will uh, post a photo of me and my guests today, and also where you can find all of our podcasts and shows, as well as our great title sponsors, including Trust, who uh, brought a great guest on the show today. Steve Nicholson, obviously, uh, has met our guest today, Jeff Hutzel. He's a facilitator, mentor, and coach of CEOs and business owners who want to take their business to the next level. He's also an author of the book, I Really Meant to Tell You, Finding the Courage for Kindness. Jeff, in our final segment today, I uh, I want to kind of talk about some good advice for businesses. You talk to uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, CEOs, presidents each and every day about uh, creating extraordinary results for themselves and one another. Let's break that down. What, what's your best advice for someone who's who's just starting a company? He's not not growing at this point, just, just starting it. He or she is... Uh, Got that fifty grand, and they're starting off. Well, yep. What's your best advice at that point? Is it is it is it is it going to every coffee with everyone they can meet, or is it is it hunkering down and, and yeah. building your business, or is it what is it? I will probably go opposite what general theory is because I'm hearing a whole lot of that first option. You know, see, meet, do, ask everybody everything, and maybe it was just me. Remember, I'm a baby boomer. I was bought up in the figure it out yourself category. Right. I would say. Listen to the people that say start with something that's passionate you can make money off of, but I will add very importantly to the word passion and easy for you. If it's easy for you, then you will be able to do it longer and better than if it's really, really hard. If you can't figure it out, if you've got to drag yourself to work every day to sort it out, I don't know how you're ever going to get passionate about it because work will be hard. Mm-hmm. The whole point of starting your own company is get away from hard work for other people and start doing easier work for yourself. And mm-hmm. all the great ones that I've met, 
it comes natural to them. Mm-hmm. If it's not coming natural, do something else. Keep keep going till you get something that feels comfortable. Mm-hmm. And you you mentioned your business uh, after you left Hallmark. Um, the uh, company was called Levels of Discovery. You mentioned you know you were doing really good in revenue. What was your success for growth like? How did you actually grow beyond a handful of sales here and there over the holidays yep. to take it to the next level? Where you know this is a, this is a game changing, life changing business. Yeah. Best example I would say is Act as If. You know, they fortunately I had a little gray hair. Mm-hmm. You know, but that doesn't that isn't the most important thing. When you go to a trade show, anybody who's been to a trade show, seeing the new people or to any any kind of a presentation. All the entrepreneurial stuff looks like it's put together by chewing gum and bailing wire and wasn't really work. And if you start asking them any specific questions, like what's it going to cost or when can I have delivery, the answers are like, I don't know, what do you think it should cost? And it's like, no, no, no. Come in, <laughs> set up a booth, yeah. be the guy, have inventory, get her done. You know, Start shipping right now. Figure something out. I'd rather have you change it and fix it than to have you just put it off until it's perfect. Mm-hmm. You've heard similar advice, but just really important to do that. I don't care if that's a service industry with your pitch or if it's a product industry with your product. Mm-hmm. You seem to be a product entrepreneur. You, uh, It's often forgotten, the product, right? Yep. Is that is that something you uh, work with people on that mostly or is it mostly uh, tech type stuff or uh, software solutions? Most of your CEOs, are they... Lots of service now. I've noticed many more companies are opening and starting out services. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because people... A lot of companies are started by people who used to work for other people, mm-hmm. and most other people perform service functions in their job, right? Mm-hmm. Or if I ran the manufacturing of a company and then I'm not with them anymore and I'm going to start my own company, the most comfortable thing for them is to tell people how to run manufacturing companies. And I'm like, why not start a manufacturing company? You actually did that. Well, I don't know how to do sales. I don't know how to do – that's the biggest impediment they have. They think they have to know everything in order to start and run a company. And that's absolute nonsense. What's your advice on the sales part of it? That's always the hard part. In my opinion is getting people that are loyal, that your employees or your contractors who can go across the country and sell, uh, whether it's at a trade show, whether it's at a, whatever, a speech. I mean, finding the right balance there with your, with your, with your revenue you have and with the payments you have to make. I mean, it's always a tough deal, but it's always important. If you want to grow outside of Kansas city and, and, and build a national brand. If it's not easy for you to sell your product, don't start that company. It's easy for you, but how do you expand it? How do you, how do you, how do well, you, because for instance, you, let me give you an yes, example. Perfect. With Charlie Hustle would be a good one or yep. Sock 101. Yep. You guys are, you're killing it in Kansas City. Yep. Million, couple, couple million in revenue. You got to take it to the next level. It's hard to duplicate the relationships that you have here in Kansas City and the, the local pride you have and take it to Cleveland and do the same thing. Unless you have someone there who is a, whatever independent contractor whatever who knows everyone who can walk into any store walk into any place and say this is the coolest thing happening this is the coolest brand actually taking your this happens every business where your service you know consultant whatever people hire you for your your knowledge and your relationships and your your uh, connections right or your product how do you duplicate that to make it you know expand that's always been my issue that's a lot of issues for local businesses who want to take what they've done here and grow it in other cities uh I think I accept everything you said except the connections. Yeah. You know, you, that's what will hold you to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. You doing this show could be pitched to any city in America. Right. And you don't have we'll to have know. have you on every week, Jeff. And you don't have to know <laughs> one entrepreneur in that city. That's you right. just have to know cool people that help entrepreneurs in that city. 
Mm-hmm. Charlie Hustle does not have to. All they have to say is, I wonder if you have any interest in doing something like this. We got a Civic Pride heart shirt, mm-hmm. um, and everybody in town loved it and wore it all the time, and it actually identified the city. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not going to say, well, that wouldn't work in St. Louis. They're going to say, come make that work in St. Sure, Louis. Sure, sure, sure. And with my product, I would basically at the beginning, you're selling little bits and pieces to the thought leaders, the individual entrepreneur that will give you a chance because you're nobody. They mm-hmm. go, well, that's cute. I'll give that a try. Do well. Whoever gives you your first chance, do really, really well, making them a raving fanatic. Because then the next trade show, who walks in? Costco. And they say, hey, you've been – I've been hearing more about your company from all, because what do they do? They're out looking and listening, you know, as our syndicated radio shows are, as our apparel companies, their nose and their ears are listening to what's going on. Mm -hmm. You want to be that guy that they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So I could have been a children's furniture company. I decided I was going to be called that rocker guy. Hey, have you seen that cool rocker guy? Nobody knew my name. They didn't know a company name, (laughs) but I decided to put 12 weird rocking chairs. Like it rocks and it has a gear shift and it makes NASCAR or race car sounds. Mm-hmm. Okay, people will remember that. You got to go down to level B7, right, <laughs> next to the bathroom. They're always in Vegas, too. Yeah, and, and check that guy out, right? And that's how you do it. Start small and then know how to go to the influence. Now, when you did your business, were you traveling to a lot of these shows? All of them, yeah. So you were everywhere? Yep. When did you have that moment? We have a minute 30 left in the show where you were like, okay, I got a real business here. How many years in was that? Well, that's an interesting thing. Um, well, at the end of the first show, I was pretty sure I didn't because I think I sold 24 stores out of like 2,000 that would come and maybe sold 240 pieces, and I had like 1,100 or something. It cost you a fortune to go to those Yeah, things. and I'm like, well, that's, that may not work very well. But it's when it's when the people whose names you'd heard – would start showing up and instead of hiding their badge, you know, cause the Walmart guy walks around like this at a mm-hmm. trade show mm-hmm. when they come in and say, Hey, somebody's going to come in and see you. Are you going to be available? It's the word of mouth. And there's a feeling that says I can do this. I love it. This is good stuff. Jeff Hutzel, uh, is our, has been our guest today. Can't see group chair of Vistage international. Also a author of, I really meant to tell you finding the courage for kindness on Amazon. He's also, uh, a mentor at the UMKC Block School of Management. Appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, love to have you on again sometime down the road and obviously want to connect with you off air to become smarter, if you can help me with that. It's been a pleasure. We may have, <laughs> we may have to do that on air to make you accountable. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Throw me the questions. Yeah. That'll be fun. Appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, Trust for uh, connecting us as well as Steve Nicholson for making this show happen today. You've been listening to the Grill Nation Show. As always, connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill or at Grill Nation Show. Have a great week. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care.